Uh, if you are new to MacAv, we are a church that is excited about seeing you grow in Christ. And so one of the ways that our, our preaching time is a little bit different is that uh, if you have a question, you can actually raise your hand right in the midst of the service and ask a question. We just ask that you do this asking yourself, is this something that will help the whole congregation have clarity or is this something that I need to know as a person? If you need to know it as a person, please come see me after service. I would love to walk with you through that. If I can answer it, I want to. But if you think it'll bless the whole body, feel free to ask. Let's pray. God, we are delighted, overwhelmed, just blown away by your love. And uh, now, God, may that love speak through your word so we may understand you more and understand who we are as a result of uh, knowing you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Man, I have, a, I have one brother and four siblings, and uh, my brother's name is Chris. Now, I've had some uh, amazing times in my life. I've been blessed to have children born. I've been blessed uh, to be married to my wife, um, and those are some of the like, most amazing experiences that I can remember. But one of the highlights of my life Uh, actually took place when my little brother graduated high school. Uh, My little brother, uh, who's actually not my little brother, because don't tell him this, but he's like bigger and stronger than me, but like I can still trip him. So, uh, you know, that's that's, that's my little bro, but but he's bigger. And so when he was growing up, um, he faced uh, some, some, some challenges. He was uh, such a loving, uh, sweet kid, but uh, when he was growing up, he would uh, uh, have some behavior challenges in school, and so he ended up uh, having some additional hurdles to overcome with school, but, but he started to overcome those hurdles, and I remember once where I would wake up excited to go to school, he didn't wake up that way. He actually experienced some bullying in school for a season. And so school was not this excited thing that he looked forward to going to. And so uh, when, when my mom told me about him graduating, there was this, this joy. There was this excitement. It was like he got there. He did it through those hurdles, through those obstacles. He was able to push on, and we are going to celebrate my brother. But, but, but in addition to what he was able to accomplish, there was also this sense that, okay, first off, you're an African-American man. There are some different hurdles that you're going to face in life. But you're going to add to those hurdles if you don't have your high school diploma. So there's going to be some benefits that you receive that help you in your future, some benefits if you achieve this goal. And my brother pushed through. He pushed through and he did it. And so we celebrated him. But also in celebrating my little brother, we were celebrating a lot of folks. We were celebrating grandma. Because grandma would be in that butt and make sure if he didn't want to go to school, baby, you going to school today, my mother, back and forth to the school, back and forth with the teachers, my father, 
working hard to make sure that food was on the table and that everything was was you didn't if school was your issue, home wouldn't be because you weren't worried about where your next meal was coming from. It was a whole community of people that came together that did some things to my brother that allowed him to experience these benefits. It was something he did. But there were some benefits that he received as a result of folks loving and caring for him. One of my happiest memories, family. Today, our brother Paul enters a situation similar. We're in the book of Ephesians, chapter 1. And in this book, we've seen some amazing things happen. We've seen God choose these people. That they didn't choose God, that they weren't strong enough and so smart that they said, yeah, we know God is the best. No, God chose them, grabbed their hearts. Then he redeemed them. He cut them off from past ways, cut them off from chains that held them down, cut them off from behaviors that were sinful and said, I will separate that sinful nature as far as the east is from the west. He redeemed them. Then he seals them. Puts this stamp on them to say, baby, you mine. And there's an, there's an eternal inheritance awaiting you. So he chooses them, redeems them, and then seals them. And then Paul does something crazy. He begins to celebrate these people to the point where he can't even stop. Turn with me to chapter 1, verse 15. And this is going to explain their portion, what they do, how they push through and graduate. And then we're going to see what God did, the benefits to them walking out their faith. Verse 15, chapter 1, verse 15 of the book of Ephesians says, For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints. So now Paul is with these people. The people have just been chosen, redeemed and sealed. And now they are expressing that new reality of who they are in Christ through this one trait. It's called love. It's called love. If you, if you want to know, uh, if you want to gauge, and y'all know this every time somehow McDonald's entered in, enters into my sermons. If you want to know, if you at a fast food restaurant, you don't gauge it by the quality of the meal. You don't great gauge it by the menu. You gauge it by the speed that the food comes out. I don't care what you make. It might be chicken, might be burgers, but it better come on out quick. If, if you want to ask somebody, what is, a, what, is a, what is a bank? A bank is a place that handles money in a way where you either receive it. You better take my check and cash it. You better invest my check. You better do something. A bank is a place that handles money. It's an easy way for you to judge if a bank is really a bank. If you want to ask a person how do you judge and gauge a Christian? How do you, how do you, what's the litmus test for if a Christian is a Christian? It's a simple four-letter word. Love. How do they love? 
How do they love? How is love expressed? How is love demonstrated? If you've been chosen, redeemed and sealed, then what does it look like for you to express that it comes out through love? And so Paul here is hype. He's hype because their faith, which is their belief that all those things just happened to them, is now being expressed in love. In love. I was, uh, some of you guys might have saw this post that I put up this week on Facebook. It was about uh, the, the anniversary, I believe it's a 60-year anniversary of the Woolworth sit-in that happened in uh, Winston-Salem. Winston-Salem uh, in North Carolina, uh, there, there's a, a college there called uh, Winston-Salem State Teachers College. It's a historically black college. It's no longer just teachers college. It's Winston-Salem State um, University. Historically African-American college and uh, some black students got together and were saying, man, we can no longer eat or excuse me, we have never been able to eat at the counter of our white brothers. So instead of going and throwing a mocktail through the window or doing something violent, we are going to stage a sit-in. That's where we're going to sit at the counter and non-violently protest not being able to have the same benefits, same access, same uh, treatment as our white brothers. And so they were planning this. But in the planning of doing this, there was also Wake Forest. That's up the street. Now, Wake Forest is a predominantly white institution and Wake Forest has Baptist roots. It is a Christian college. I don't know how Christian it is now, but historically it's got some Christian roots. And while in a Christian ethics course, a course that talks about what it means to live out the gospel, how we should behave as a result of Jesus, some students began to get upset and said, we can't just keep reading about God. We got to do something. And so one of the guys that did not go to this said he comes into his room and it, in his dorm room on a Friday night when it's typically tons of people laughing and kicking it, it's dead silent. And he's got 21 people in his dorm room and they're talking 10 black 11 white about how they're going to go do this sit-in together. Winston-Salem State, historically black college, Wake Forest, predominantly white college. They're getting together and they go and they do this together. You see, you see, love at some point can't just be a mental concept. It can't just be words you see on paper. It's got to it's got to have some action to it. It actually somehow gets lived out. It should be able to be something we gauge. We should be able to say to you, how do you love your spouse? How do you love your children? How do you love your neighbor? What would your coworkers say about love? Not about your timeliness, not about your effectiveness. What would they say about love? And so we see Paul excited because these people are living this thing out. They're showing this love. They're expressing this love all the way to the point in, 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 in verse 16. Look in verse 16. He says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. 
I do not cease giving thanks to you, remembering you in my prayers. Excuse me, giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Look, these folks is loving folks so much that he's like, I don't even know what to do with y'all. Y'all so crazy. All I can do is keep keep saying to God, look at them go. Look at them go. God, care for them. God, watch over them. Look at them love. Look at them love. Look at them love. Sometimes you just get overwhelmed by the way, by the the, the joy you have and, and, and in him is expressed unto God. And so he continues to praise and celebrate them for their love and faith. So, so this is what the people of God had done as a result of being cared for. It's what we do as a result of being cared for by Christ. We love and live out our faith. That's what we're called to do. That's what they did. But then there's some benefits. There's some, there's some stuff that happens that you didn't plan on. That's the result of what God did and God did alone. Some benefits. I'm, uh, it's... Uh, uh, sometimes benefits are hard to fathom because they're so beyond you. I know a lot of brothers in here when, when you're single uh, and, you, and, you, and you like looking forward to getting married, it's okay because it's the way you was wired. When you're single and you're looking forward to getting married or when you actually get married, uh, brothers are excited about the wedding and they're looking forward to the wedding and the wedding is all cool. But somehow in the back of the brother's mind, even though he's coming down that aisle looking fresh, that honeymoon be on a brother's mind. Mm-mm. Hurry up and eat that cake. We got to go. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Play that music. That's the last song, brother. We got to go. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You know, that, that, that. And so while that might be like something that's like at the forefront of your mind, you don't consider all the benefits that you get when you get married. You don't realize you get a a helpmate that's going to pray for you. You don't realize you're going to get a a person that will cry with you. You don't realize you're going to get a person that's going to clean up your snot. You don't realize you're going to get a person that will go to the store for you in the middle of the night and grab that. You don't realize all these benefits that happen, even though for a moment you was kind of focused on maybe one thing. Had one thing kind of on your mind. So God does that here. There's some stuff that happens where the people of God get transformed. They are chosen, redeemed, and sealed. They begin to live out their faith. But there's some benefits to what God has done. I want to just highlight three of them from this chapter. I mean, from this section. I was going to say pericope, but I was trying not to. (laughs) Trying not to. Had to do it. (laughs) <laughs> look, look with me the first benefit bring up that first one the first benefit the Holy Spirit gives us wisdom and revelation gives us wisdom and revelation verse 17 that the Lord of our that the Lord God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? That that you may have wisdom, that the eyes of your heart be enlightened. 
What is this? It is, it is, uh, it is, it is something that uh, I loved when I was a child. I, um, I loved being active and I loved like slipping into the uh, like role playing stuff. And so it's one of the reasons why I really love superheroes in those movies, because for a minute I get to be Iron Man. I get to be Captain America. Well, one year they make Captain America a brother, but that's another thing. Um, so, so I loved being a spy. And as a spy, you would get like from McDonald's. Dang, there we go again. McDonald's or... Um, <laughs> Or like, or like the little kit that my mom would buy me, and it would come with this like, this this like cardboard that had this weird scribble on it. You got that from me, brother? It's like this weird scribble that you can't you can't make out when you just look at it. When you just see it, you can't you can't really understand it. You're trying to read through it, and you might be able to make out one word or something, but the whole sentence you can't get. But then they give you this. This red film, the decoder. Come on. Come on. Somebody else was a spy in here. And that decoder, once it lines up, now you can see it and it begins to make sense to you. That's what the Holy Spirit's doing. The Holy Spirit is revealing these things to you, making what you could not understand in your own mind so plain, so clear. But it's not the mind and the will of what Leon wants to go do. It's not the mind and the will of what you all want to go do. It is the knowledge of God himself being revealed to his people. And so we get to benefit from that. We get to benefit from a God who says, I'm going to choose you, redeem you, seal you, and then give you knowledge and insight. That's yours. That's what we get. That's a benefit of ours as a result of, of the beauty, beauty, love, and care of this amazing God. Isaiah eleven two says, And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, and the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. We benefit, y'all. Benefit from the wisdom and revelation of God. I, uh, I came to know this personally, and many of you guys have, have um, heard me tell this story before, and I said it to a degree in my, uh, when I had my um, installation. Like, like, God's wisdom and revelation is not head knowledge only. It is not for you to be able to have an understanding. It is not for you to be able to say, like, what investments should I make? Where should we place these different things? It is, it is so that you can be, like, experience the will and the desire that God has for you as a person. I'm trying to say that again a different way. It, God's revelation is so that you can actually be able to experience and know the joy and peace that he's always intended for you, that somehow sin and Satan has broken down and marred, but he wants you to experience peace. And so even though I had a loving grandmother and a loving mother and a loving stepfather, because my biological father was not in my life, 
I, I, and because I had a lot of people joking about my skin complexion, I looked down upon myself and thought uh, some really bad things to the point of I would hear at times it would just be better if you just ended it. Because if your dad isn't present and he doesn't love you, then what is love? And, and God, you're talking about revealing God, you're talking about giving wisdom. See, God is not just trying to educate you. What God did to me when he met me on the bed in my college room, he said, I love you. I, I've, you've heard about love. You've had tastes of love. But now I want you to fully experience the power of love. You see, the spirit is revealing these things. Not just so we can be able to recite good scripture, which is good. Put your kids in Awana and all of the Bible club. It's not just so that so that we can be uh, nice, good people. It is so that he can allow us to experience the peace and joy that he always intended. He wants you to experience that. He wants us to experience that. And so next we get to see his, his resurrection power. The next benefit is his resurrection power is aimed right at us. Look with me at verse 19 through 21. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule, all authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. See, God connects the, the beauty of his love with the extent of his power. His power, that same resurrecting power, that power that conquered death also was the same power that saved you. That power that conquered death was a power that chose you, redeemed you, and sealed you. So if you ever wonder about the extent of God's power, put it in comparison to the extent of him conquering death. So does God have the power to forgive? Did he conquer death? Does God have the power to restore? Did I conquer death? Does God have the power to reconcile? My wife was, we was having a, a, a talk and my wife asked me about a relationship that, that uh, has pained me and, and has been broken. And she asked me about uh, like, like what reconciliation looks like. And for, for a moment, I couldn't even dream about the fullness of reconciliation. I was trying to think about it and she helped me to put some words to it and think about it more. But God's power to reconcile is beyond what we can even imagine. What we can even imagine, what we can even dream of. Do I have the power to heal? Yes, I conquered death. Power to protect you? Yes, I conquered death. Power to provide for you? Yes, I conquered death. Power to make sure that you can persevere into the end? Yes, I conquered death. So what you second guessing? What, 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 what are you second guessing the ability to see a kid healed 
see a relationship restored, see a marriage renewed, see finances come through to be able to feed your children, like whatever. We trust in them for everything. And the power, the authority by which we are holding on all this trust is you conquered death. If you can do that, Lord, you can do anything. You can do anything. I was uh, trying to get on my, I was about to get, get excited with my preaching stuff and I started messing up. I'm like, you know, uh, never mind. It was... <laughs> <laughs> can you measure the ocean in ounces he conquered death can you count the you know I was about to go off on y'all I was getting ready I was getting ready <laughs> I'll get you next time <laughs> but this is the power that we have access to y'all this is our loving God and he's saying come on now Don't let the world reshape things for you where you second guess. Put your hope, your trust, and your belief in me. Lastly, the third benefit, family, that the saints, we are his body. We are his body. We benefit because we are a part of him. Look at verse 22 and 23. And he put all things under his feet And gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all and is in all. You got got to get this imagery for a second. You got to get that the ruler of all things, the creator of the universe, the one who sees everything, it stands outside of time. The one that's reconciling all things to himself. The God that made the dictionary, I mean, like when he spoke, things came to be and they were defined by what he created. This God says that I'm going to make you a part of me. Like when we talk about the body, oftentimes we mention body as in congregation, fellowship, being one another, being together. No, not here. Body means body. Like, you can lose a toe, and you're going to be okay. You can lose a leg, you'll be okay. You can lose an arm, you'll be okay. Lose your head. Lose your head. See, what, what he's trying to say is, I'm making you a part of me now. I am literally the head of you all, the, the, the you being able to exist stops when I stop leading. And I'll never stop leading, so it stops when you choose to turn away. I lead you. I am the head of you. You are now in me. That means I am filling you with me because we are now one. You are now a part of me. And that's why that's why Jesus cries. He cries these tears of joy when he sees his body walking and doing the things that he would do when he sees us out being a servant unto others and a a proclaimer of his truth and and sharing the gospel of who he is and drawing other people to himself. Jesus cries tears of joy when he sees his body. Acting as he would act. I loved, 
uh, even the, the worship team. And man, worship team, something different. Something different, man. Y'all have been blowing, singing, swinging, rocking side to side. I don't know what y'all are doing, but y'all are doing some things, and I'm so thankful for y'all. Praise the Lord. But one of the things I loved, even just about the gospel music in, in its genre, is that you can walk in here. We don't have no screen. You don't need to be able to read. And for the most part, you can sing a gospel song. Because what we do is, I'm going to say it, then you say it. I'm going to say it, then you say it. As I do, you do. As I do, you do. And even gospel music in its genre is modeling what it means to walk with Christ. Jesus is saying, as I do, you do. As I do, you do. You don't need no PhD, baby. You don't need no master's degree. You don't, all you need to do is have a willing heart. As I do, you do. And so it brings God great joy when he sees the accomplishments, so many accomplishments, from creating hospital systems to educational systems, so many things the church has done, and it also brings some tears of sadness when he sees some of the things the church has done also. Just read a, uh, I, actually, I couldn't bring myself to read the article, um, but my wife and I were talking about it, uh, just, you know, in the SBC, issues with um, taking advantage of children in the church. Another uh, prominent pastor in Chicago um, just fired because of his uh, tyrannical leadership style and ways that he made the culture of the church just People felt horrible. I mean, things that bring God not tears of joy, but tears of pain. And it happens not because he's looking outward and saying, look what they're doing. But he's saying this. Y'all are a part of me. So it hurts when I see my church not being what I'm calling you to do, be not responding in the way that I'm leading you. And so I pray that it's, a, it's a, a, a joyous praise. It's a thankfulness. It's a, whoa, I got the power of God around me, protecting me, and I am in Christ, fully filled by his spirit in his body. But that comes with responsibility. It also means then when I do something, I am not only tarnishing my image as Leon, but I'm affecting my savior and king when I act in a sinful manner. Love community, man, love community. Because when I'm out and I'm with my boo, dang, boo, you came up in a lot of, in a lot of examples today, huh? Here's what it is. I'm out and I'm with my boo, and we about to get into an argument, I can't spout off like I might want to spout off because Shauna might be right there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm going through them grocery aisles like, who in from Mac Ave is in the grocery aisle? Because you know I want to argue. Girl, oh, hey, Amanda. <laughs> it, 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 has an, it, it affects how you live when you know God has called you to a certain thing and people will keep you accountable. That's why we celebrate the beauty of proximity of doing life together in this community, not simply so that you can have a couple homies you can borrow some tools from, but because we sharpen each other. 
We encourage each other. We sharpen each other. We push each other. And guess what? You might act a little bit differently when you know it's about 60 people that's going to be like, You know, but my prayer is if none of us are around, you remember that you are in his body. So there's a way in which we respond. There's a responsibility. There's a way in which we conduct ourselves so that if no one's around, I realize that I'm hurting you, God, the head of my life. So we benefit because we're in his body. Like family, I'm, I'm, I'm praying that we will be a people who are living out of faith and out of our faith and our belief in Christ, we are loving God and loving others well. And that we're reminded to delight in the benefits that God provides. But if you are at a place in your walk, if you're at a place in your life where you are saying right now, I don't think I need all those benefits. I'm doing OK by myself. I want to challenge you or share with you that that you're being fooled. You're being fooled into creating your own security. You're being fooled into making your own plan of provision. You're being fooled into trying to create your own benefits. And sadly, your benefits can't compare to God's. You can't create an eternal resting place for yourself. And God wants to provide that for you, wants to offer that to you, wants to see you enjoy an inheritance that he set aside for you. But it starts first with you having faith and living out that faith and love. And MacAv, we invite you into that. If you would like to know more, please, after service, you can come up front. I'll be waiting up here. Maybe one of our elders, we would love to talk to you about that. Or you can simply write on your card in your bulletin, tear it out and put it inside the tithe and offering basket, which will come around in a moment and just say, I would like to know more about Jesus. Give us your name and number. We'll follow up with you. Let's pray. Father, these are just three, but there are so many benefits that we get as a result of being in you, Lord, that we are overwhelmed. We are grateful and thankful. God, we celebrate you today. Thank you for for the blood of Christ, which reveals uh, the beauty of who you are. No longer, Lord, are we walking in darkness, but now we can see. Let us be a people who live our faith out through love. And may we, uh, like Paul, just not not stop celebrating and thanking you, God, for, for how one another's loving you and living it out. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.